Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. I do podcast episode 12. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. We're excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Deborah Hecker. Hello, Dr. Hecker. Hey. 
Hi, Chase. Hi, hi Chase and Sarah. Delighted to, to, to be with both of you. Great. Dr. Deborah Hecker is a psychotherapist with over 35 years of private practice experience. She's received her master's degree from Columbia University and her PhD from the Union Institute. She is certified as a psychoanalyst and has extensive training in addictions counseling, grief counseling, collaborative practice, and mediation. Dr. Hecker developed a specialization in helping individuals and families transitioning through their own post-divorce and separation challenges. She has been interviewed on radio programs and news broadcasts, as well as made live appearances on PBS specials. We have given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Oh, I have been in, um, again, as Chase mentioned, private practice for many years, and I would use the word organic to describe how I, um, how I arrived in this profession. I, I think it's just like part of my blood. And, uh, I happen to be a twin, and as a result of that, I think, um, I, I developed an interest in identity formation, attachment, Etc. And so I was off to the races starting in my 20s, and it's been, you know, uphill ever since. Awesome. Well, our topic today is how to divorce proof your relationship. And there's no guaranteed formula for preventing the breakdown of a relationship, but there are ways to protect it. What would be the first step for couples to get on the path of a divorce proof marriage? Well, before I answer that, I'm going to quickly mention some statistics for your listeners because they're pretty sobering. Um, in the United States alone, divorce occurs every 13 seconds, and that translates into about 4,600 a day and about uh, 46,000 in the course of a week. So the question is an excellent one, and people do want to think in terms of how to create a, a, um, you know, a stable, successful relationship. I believe there are many different reasons given for why, why people divorce. I mean, the obvious being infidelity, lack of communication, money, etc. After years of, of practicing, I think that the, the, the real reason that people get divorced is because they have a tendency to look to their partner rather than to themselves to make them whole. And as a result of that, they play out all kind of dynamics, and this is happening unconsciously, but they play out many different dynamics with each other that are, are really destructive and dysfunctional. And so I think the key is that one must be an integrated whole person with a clear sense of their own boundaries prior to making that commitment. That's interesting. And I think that theme is something that we've seen from our other experts that knowing yourself and loving yourself prior to getting married can really benefit the relationship. I think I think it's critical. I mean, I would go so far as to it, it benefits it, and it's critical. I think about a um, relationship model in terms of I that there are three entities: I, you, and we. 
And all three of those entities must be nourished simultaneously so that we end up with two well-put-together adults who can come together and be intimate with each other, not lose their own identity, but feel comfortable uh, bringing themselves in and also helping their partner to nurture their sense of who they are. In one of your articles, you mention that developing personal power is also a way to help protect your relationship. Can you go into a little more detail on that? Sure. Personal power, or what I sometimes casually refer to as the I, uh, there, I mean, there are various ways to develop that. There are three characteristics that I think people need to bear in mind just as, as fundamentals in, in looking to themselves and being introspective. One is, should I know self be true? It's extremely important that people are honest with themselves. I mean, we all have our blinders on. We all have, you know, the different defenses. So being really honest with oneself is, is step number one. Step number two, I would say, is to uh, take responsibility for one's self and one's shortcomings. It's very easy to look at your partner and say, you did this and you did that, and that may very well be true, but it's extremely important that one recognize that, you know, a relationship is only as good as the people in it, and the person they have control over is themselves, so they really want to look to themselves. Um, I think the single most important thing in developing your sense of self, you know, is understanding, and this is where someone like myself comes in, you know, understanding and identifying what you may be contributing both positively and negatively to the relationship, and understanding the origins of that, and then how it's negatively affecting the relationship, and then learn new ways of relating and, and new substitute behaviors. Um, you know, it, it sounds, I don't mean to oversimplify, it's really getting, it's a sense of being honest and open with yourself and really, you know, knowing your assets and your deficits. Excellent. And some of the other things you talk about are being a good listener is an important one. Yes, yes. Um, I think one of the things that Sarah and I had talked about is it all kind of connect this with empathy. It's, it's so easy in partnerships, and I think we all can relate to this, to feel like I'm right and all you have to do is listen to me. And if you listen to me, we're going to be fine. Um, you know, if somebody wants to be right all the time, they shouldn't get partnered. Once one is partnered, they must recognize that their eye is different from their partner's eye, and they see the world through different lenses, so it's extremely important to listen and to get into your partner's shoes. Listen non-defensively, you know, uninterruptedly. And not having an agenda, just listening to what you're even if you even if you disagree, even if you think it's stupid, you just want to be open-minded and get into that person's shoes. And I think that that's extremely important ingredient. In fact, I think more than any other ingredient, Chase, I think that the ability to listen and empathize with your partner is a big icebreaker. I think it has the ability to break, to thaw the ice between two people really more than anything else. Constantly remembering your partner is not you. 
And you also mentioned spending some time alone can be important. Can you explain what you mean by that? Sure. That goes back to the basic sense of the model that I mentioned. Each of us has a responsibility to continuously work on ourselves apart from our partners. And that may well entail having time alone apart from your partner. Um, And that can be in many different contexts. It can be literally alone or it can be developing yourself in, in other areas of your life with, with friendships, with other interests. But, you know, I'm reminded real quickly of um, a couple that I was working with, and they they had just moved in together, and it's going to sound kind of silly, but my client could not figure out whether or not it was okay for him to be not watching the same television show at the same time as his partner. I mean, he, he just wasn't sure that it was okay that he said to his partner, look, you know, I really don't want to see that. In other words, yes, of course, it's important that, that partners spend time together. It's also important that they have their identities, their lives, their interests, their, their friendships, et cetera, apart from one another as well. Great information there. And another point that you talk about is to be intentional about your relationship. Can you expand on that? There's nothing passive about having a relationship. The relationship doesn't just happen. The only part of it that may just happen is the the very first stage of the relationship, which, as we all know, is, you know, intoxicating. And, of course, there is is some research on the fact that the experience of, quote, falling in love can be, um, you know, the the similar brain patterns to when, when somebody's using drugs. But once that happens, people are going to enter a stage where conflict arises, differences between them arise, and they can't just leave that to, to chemistry. That's something they, ha- they have to have good conflict resolution skills. They have to really be back to the mindfulness we talked about a minute ago. The, each individual must be aware not only of themselves, but always aware that their partner exists too. So there's a conscious concerted effort to put that each person must put into the relationship. Relationships don't just happen. They're work. Mm-hmm. They're work. And what's important is that you work on it and then you also take care of yourself, right? Exactly. One has to, one, again, going back to something I said, a relationship can only be as good as the people in it. So if each person isn't individually continuously developing themselves while also being open to letting their partner develop themselves as individuals, what will happen is is that they're going to unconsciously look to each other to somehow fill in their deficits. I mean, you know, something I think many, many of the listeners are aware of is the Jerry Maguire mentality where you complete mm-hmm. me. I mean, that, that would be a classic example right. of, um, you know, someone looking to their partner in a, common word codependency way where it's not their partner's responsibility to make them feel whole. It's their partner's responsibility to be a good partner, to be sensitive to each other. But each of us is really responsible for our own happiness at the end of the day. I love these points and and they're so important in divorce-proofing your relationship. So I'm just going to go over them uh, one more time for our listeners. We talked about valuing your worth being intentional about your relationship, be a good listener, 
learn to take care of you, be truthful to your partner and to yourself, and spend time alone. I, I think you've done a great job, Chase, of, of um, you know, of underscoring and summarizing the, the really important aspects of what goes on between, which, what ideally goes on between two people and what contributes to a successful partnership. I certainly do not mean to imply that any of this is, is easy work because it's not. But having spent many years in, in private practice and, and, and many years researching, I am quite convinced that this model of I, you, and we is what contributes to a successful partnership. And lastly, you talk about autonomous intimacy in the article and about being less independent and, and how that affects your relationship. Can you expand a little bit on what that means and, and how it can sure. affect a relationship? Sure. Um, I think the best way to describe it would be how to, to translate the term autonomous intimacy. I would say it's how do I continuously balance my I with my we? How do I have an intimacy without losing myself? And so again, it gets back to this basic theme. The more insecure that one is, or translated, the less autonomous one is, the more difficulty it's going to be, the more difficulty they will have, excuse me, to to really connect intimately with their partner. Again, there will be a tendency to be defensive or look to their partner for something. Real intimacy comes when one can so openly and honestly bring themselves into the partnership. So that's where the developed eye comes in. So again, it's. It, let me put it this way. I would summarize it by saying, in order to upgrade your we, you have to empower your I. So there's this continuous interplay between developing oneself, knowing oneself, so that you can bring yourself very openly and honestly into the relationship. You have to be able to communicate uh, as thoroughly as possible with your partner, have your partner listen to you um, on, without criticism. There needs to be a safety between the two people so that they can not fear bringing their eye into the relationship. You know, if, if on the other hand, one person is critical or aggressive, and I don't mean to suggest that, that people don't fight. Of course they do. But if one partner is not open to letting their partner be, they're putting up an impasse to their partner's eye. And so I would call that autonomous intimacy. I love it. And this is just such great information. And I know our listeners are going to be able to really apply it. And in so many things in life, people want to put the blame on other people in a whether it's a relationship or work but a lot of times you just need to look back at yourself exactly i mean that's a very good point and it's not that at times let me say it's not that at times um people have valid complaints about their partner but you know and that's fine because there has to be an interplay but each of us must absolutely take responsibility for ourselves and, you know, as I said earlier, we have to be honest about it. And that's what I do in my practice. I'm very big on, um, as I mentioned earlier, identity formation. I happen to be a twin, and I think that when I was a kid, I used to think to myself, 
oh, well, it doesn't matter if I can't do it because my sister can do it. And so, you know, that's where I began to develop this tremendous interest in, well, wait a minute. You know what? You can't really look to somebody else to fulfill you. And so... um at any rate, that's, that's such an important part of it. Again, although there is this we component, and I, I would say the single most important thing for two people to remember, they're on the same team. Even if there's, even if there's um, discord between them, they really want to preserve that we. They are on the same team at all times. They're not... Uh, you know, they're not, they're not um, adversarial people. What do you find is a common reason couples struggle in their relationship? I think probably just to go over what I've already said, I think the most common reason, honestly, is that people don't, they're not open enough to who their partner is, really making room for that, and not, you know, not just thinking, hey, we have to do it my way. I mean, let me put it this way. A partnership is, is not a home improvement project. You know, each of us comes into a relationship with our own baggage, with our own assets. And so I think that the most important thing is to recognize your partner is an individual and you want to help nurture that person. You don't have to agree. The two of you can, you know, again, get down in the mud and, and, and have to have your differences. But I think the most important thing is to realize that, you know, you're both right and you're both wrong and you both have very important things to say and to respect that. I love it. Now we are getting into the his and her round where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our mind. Sarah's up first. Well, when it comes to preventing a divorce in your relationship, would you recommend that couples seek therapy before they're at that point? Um, I'm a big believer if there are red flags in the relationship that, that the individuals or impasses, let's say, that the individuals realize that they keep repeating over and over. I think that's an excellent idea, Sarah, because that's not going to go away. The issues will continue. We're creatures of habit, and until we recognize how to do it differently, so I would definitely say that um, you know, if two people uh, reach a point or a, a conflict that they need help with, and they keep going over it and over it in the same way, absolutely seek out help. I mean, personally, I I, I think you know people should have to take a test before they get married. Um, I mean, given the divorce rate, the same way I think people really should have to pass the test before they have children. So <laughs> you know, obviously, I have a bias, and and uh, but I think that it is it is very important to take your relationship seriously, and we all have blind. So if there can be a third party to, to give some insight, sure, absolutely. Well, my question is, we talked about the points of divorce-proofing your relationship, and we talked uh-huh. about being intentional in your relationship. So can you give an example of a specific thing someone can do to do that? Ah, okay. I'm just Actually, when you were describing that, Chase, I was just thinking of a particular couple that I am working with, I think that it's important that people sit down and ask their partner, what is it that is bugging you? What is it that I'm doing 
that, and this may be not an easy exercise to do, but what, what is it that I'm doing that, that you need to tell me about that I, I need to be more mindful of? I mean, I can't say enough about silence is not safe. And, you know, couples might make just a point, you know, with, with some continuity of really getting together and say, you know, how are we doing? How are things going? Tell me what's going on. And, of course, then we get into the, the, the importance of listening, listening, not getting defensive because your partner may say something that um, you don't see that you need to listen very, very closely to. I, I think the integrity between two people, the freedom to come to each other, and really have your partner have your back so that you feel safe opening up to your partner, I think is, I mean, that that's the wonderful benefit of, of intimacy. It might be hard to hear what your partner has to say to you, but if you want a real intimacy, you've got to be, you know, painfully honest with each other. That's great advice, and that goes back to the we, being on the same team. Exactly. Yeah, excellent point, Chase. Well, now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Dr. Hecker, are you ready to help us build lasting love? I'm ready. (laughs) What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Ask their partner if there's something they want to talk about, ask their partner if there's something that's bothering them, and it may not necessarily be about the two of them. Is there anything you want? Is there anything I can help you with? Is there anything going on in your life that you need to talk about? That would be a real reinforcer of intimacy. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for couples? Yes, actually. I think my, the, although my book is about who am I without my partner and one might be disinclined to, you know, people who are entering, building up their relationships. But in Chapter 7, I talk about this whole concept of autonomous intimacy, what makes a good partnership. And I think that that, that will kind of summarize a lot of what we've talked about today in terms of the relationship model and how to develop your own identity. I also have on my blog, Chase, many different articles that I think support what creates successful relationships. Thirdly, there's a book that I think is a good book, and it is called You Complete Me and other myths that destroy happily ever after. And the author is a Dr. Victoria Fleming, Ph.D., and she talks about this whole issue of of the importance of boundaries and the importance of two individuals being really secure within themselves and not seeing themselves just through their partner's eyes. So I think those three can certainly be a a foundation for, for our listeners. Great. Well, those links to your blog, as well as the books you recommend, will be on our website at idopodcast.com. So our listeners can go there, check it out, and and uh, hopefully learn from your great tips. Sure. We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds? You know, it's interesting. You know, my inclination, of course, I'm coming as a, a therapist here. I was about to ask you, what do you think the two of you would need at this point? I think that from my perspective, I've covered so much 
basically be repeating um, what I've said. I think, one, people need to learn the relationship model, which is the IUE. I think each person individually needs to have a good understanding of themselves and a sophisticated understanding of themselves before they're ready to say, I do, because if they don't, I think their tendency will be to not have the quote, mindful attentiveness to the relationship. Those are the two things. Again, I I could list different reasons why marriages fail. In my view, the, the, the overwhelming reason why marriages fail is, one, because they do not have the right partnership model, and two, they don't really think that they need to do a whole lot to make it work. Yeah, that's almost the complete opposite because relationships always take work, or at least relationships that are worth it take work. Absolutely. So, you know, next podcast, I'll ask you guys what you think you need. But for now, I'll leave it at just those two issues. And yeah. I think that, that those will give your, your listeners something to think about. Yeah, and it's great. That's why we started I Do Podcasts is we get to listen to people like you and figure out what we need to do to divorce-proof our relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, you're getting all this free counseling from the people you're interviewing, so know. <laughs> you know, you, you'll be able to write your own book about what a successful relationship is, and I certainly wish the two of you the best. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, we get these helpful daily tips from our experts, and it really, we try to use them every day, and it, it really, mm-hmm. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and we hope our listeners uh, get as much out of it as we do. Good, good. If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be? And we know you've kind of addressed a lot of these in your primary ones, but um, just one. 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 I think empathy. I really think empathy, the ability to get in your partner's shoes, to be compassionate, to realize that they're a separate person, to not, when you listen to your partner, to not have an agenda, to not be defensive when you have to hear things you don't like. I I think that is such a powerful, powerful technique or or emotion. And without that, I I think it's very hard for two people to develop a real intimacy. Because if you don't feel that your partner can empathize with you, the, the inclination is going to be to shut down. So that is the one single thing I would I would say. Well, that's great advice, Dr. Hecker. And we've really enjoyed hearing all your tips you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by telling them where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. I can be reached on my website. There's a whole lot of information about me and that that address is www. Dr. Deborah Hecker, D-R-D-E-B-O-R-A-H-H-E-C-K-E-R.com. And if anybody wants to, to reach me personally, they can get the information there. If they want to read my articles, there, there's a place to order my book. Um, I think it's pretty comprehensive. And I, you know, I hope that um, some of our listeners, I welcome them to come to the website. Our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And thank you so much for all the generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Sarah and Chase. And I, again, wish you the best and look forward to um, doing this in the future. Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? 
This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice. Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love? You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.